Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Welcome to Go For It. I am your host, Paul Gannon. For the next hour, we're going to be talking sports and having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And of course, as always, you'll get a heavy dose of my opinion. You have an opinion, the number to call 646 727 3070. That's 646 727. 3070. You can listen to the show. BlogTalkRadio.com slash PGAN. Send messages to the show on Twitter at GoForItGant. G-O-F-O-R-I-T-G-A-N-T. And while you're there on Twitter, give us a follow at GoForItGant. Also, also, hit us up on the website. Go for sports.com where we continue to talk sports. And of course, and of course, have a little fun doing it. Great show lined up for you today. As always, expect to be joined by Ryan University assistant basketball coach Marlon Gill. You know, we're going to talk. Talk some hoops, NBA finals, aftermath, a little bit of that NBA draft. We're going to have some fun here. Talk some sports. Of course, of course, of course, of course. Have a little fun doing it. A lot to talk about. And, and a lot to talk about because at the end of the day, when you look at the situation, you got a Conor McGregor Floyd Mayweather fight coming up in August. You got the NBA draft coming up next week. And you got the aftermath of the NBA Finals. A lot to get to. Let's start with Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather. Or should I say, Floyd Mayweather is the A-side. So let me be respectful to the A-side. Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. First and foremost, this fight is not about who's the better fighter. This fight is not about, you know, two guys who who pound for pound the best in, in, in the sport of boxing. It's not about that. This is not about that. This is not about even Floyd's 50th victory without any losses. Ain't about that either. This is about the almighty dollar. This is about 
dollars and cents. This is about Floyd Mayweather having the possibility to make two, three hundred million. This is about Conor McGregor to have the opportunity to make around a hundred million dollars. That's what this is about. This is about the almighty dollar. This is strictly dollars and cents. Nothing more, nothing less. We all know that in theory, we could say Conor McGregor has a puncher's chance. Sure, yes, this is boxing. You know, it's like jumping in the water. You're going to get wet if you jump in the water, and you're going to get hit if you step into the boxing ring. Here's the thing. Floyd Mayweather's been a tough guy to hit, been a very tough guy to hit. And so being that Floyd Mayweather has been a tough guy to hit, what makes us believe that Conor McGregor can hit him? What makes us believe that? Conor McGregor, if you saw a sparring video of him out there, it don't look good. He doesn't look like a guy who who is competent in the boxing ring. You know, this is – it's not like he's going into the boxing ring and, and, and fighting a guy like, I don't know. Let's just say Paulie Malinaji. And, and, again, I'm not saying he could even beat Paulie Malinaji. I'm not saying he would beat Paulie Malinaji. I think Malinaji would be the favorite in that fight. And it's not a knock on Paulie Malinaji. Let's be clear about that. But I look at Floyd Mayweather Jr. This guy, pound for pound best in the sport for a long time. This guy is arguably the best, the best, the greatest fighter of all time, arguably. I'm not saying he is, but I'm saying you can make a legitimate and definitive argument about it. What I'm saying is this, though. I'm, I'm saying this. I'm saying this. It's about money. And I think we all know it's about money. Now, if, if don't get me wrong. I buy all Floyd Mayweather Jr.'s fights. And if I want to see Floyd in the ring, I want to see Floyd against an Errol Spence Jr., against a Keith Thurman, some, even Manny Pacquiao for that matter. I, I would want to see him in the ring with one of those guys. I don't really want to see him in the ring with Conor McGregor. It, it doesn't excite me much. I'm not dancing in the streets the way I was when Pacquiao Mayweather was announced. I'm not doing that. I'm not. I'm just not. But, but, all that being said, I know Floyd Mayweather is going to win. I know Floyd Mayweather is going to dominate. I know the fight's not going to be close. I don't know. I know Conor McGregor does not have much of a chance. But I'm intrigued, I'm interested, and I'm going to watch. Don't get me wrong, if I had to choose between that fight and Canelo and Triple G, I'm watching Canelo Triple G. If I had to choose between that fight and Kovalev Ward, Ward Kovalev, excuse me, I'm watching Ward Kovalev. It's just that's what I would do if I had the choice. And you look at this. The hardcore boxing fans, and, I, and I'm on a bunch of different in a bunch of different boxing groups on Facebook. And you know, I'm hearing what they're talking. I'm hearing what they're saying. 
they're not excited about this. They don't. They didn't want this to happen. All that being said, I think a great majority of us, of them, will watch. They will watch. And they will purchase the pay-per-view. You're going to see a lot of McGregor Mayweather parties, fight parties. People want to see the fight. Now, and, and you know, I'm, I'm not a mixed martial arts guy, but you, you get the sense that with even within that community, you know, they're not necessarily in love with it. The hardcores. And, and I would consider myself a hardcore boxing guy. I would. But also at the same time, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued enough to say I'm going to watch it. I'm intrigued enough to say that. Now, it, again, is it a fight that I necessarily want to see? No. I didn't want it to happen. But I, I'm a realist. And I knew that it was going to happen. I knew that it was just too much money to be made for it not to happen. Money drives things. Money drives everything. Money, especially in business, it drives everything. And it drove a guy who's never fought before in a boxing ring, professionally, Conor McGregor, it drove him to fight. Maybe the greatest fight of all time. That's what it drove him to do. Here's, the, here's some of the ways you can say that McGregor has a shot. Obviously, in boxing, you have the puncher's chance. Secondly, he's 28. Floyd Mayweather's 40 years old. Hasn't fought in two years. That's a long time. And we've seen guys get old overnight. It, it can happen. Guys get old overnight. And if that happens, and it's a possibility, anything can happen, who knows? Who knows? But I, I just, I, I'm like many of you, hardcore boxing guys, again, who really don't want to see it, but is intrigued enough to pay or purchase it to watch it. Um, and also, if you look at it from this standpoint, boxers over the years have been taken advantage of, have been robbed, blind by many, by promoters, by, by whether it's their team, whether it's their promoter, a manager's Boxers have been robbed over the years. And so, from my standpoint, like, look, if, if a fighter or an athlete, for that matter, has an opportunity to make a bunch of money, I don't begrudge that guy. I, I don't say anything negative about that guy. Because if, if I'm in that position, if, I, if I'm in that situation, I'm going to try to make the money too. If I'm in that situation, I'm going to try to make the money. 
this is not necessarily about the sport of boxing. Is it good for boxing? I almost think it's nothing. I, I don't think it hurts the sport. I don't think it helps the sport. Is it good for mixed martial arts? I mean, I guess if Conor McGregor uh, acquits himself, you know, does well in the ring and, and you know, gives a, a decent effort, a decent showing, I, I guess, I guess it could help the mixed martial arts world. I don't think it helps any of the two worlds, to be honest with you. I don't think it does anything. And so for me, for me, obviously it does nothing for me, but obviously I'm intrigued enough to watch it. And I think a lot of people are intrigued enough to watch Conor McGregor is very popular in the mixed martial arts world. Floyd Mayweather obviously shown, you know, has, has sold millions upon millions of pay-per-views. So obviously, obviously, People are interested in that. There are, for sure. But we'll see what happens. And we got a lot of time, a lot of time to talk about that. Two months until that fight, August 26th. Obviously, you, you wonder what's going to happen. Miguel Cotto has a fight that night. Um, I wonder if that changes, because obviously no one's going to, there's going to be no buzz for that. And then three weeks later, you got Canelo and Triple G. And you wonder how much this fight is going to affect that fight. But I know, for me personally, I would love to see, again, the fight that's coming up tomorrow, Ward Kovalev, too. And obviously, I'd rather see Triple G and Canelo before this Mayweather-McGregor fight. But again, as I said before, I will watch it. But this fight is only about one thing and one thing only. It's about dollars and cents. It makes a lot of dollars. It makes more dollars and cents. And because it makes more dollars and cents, people are going to buy it. People are going to purchase it. And people are going to watch it. And they're going to probably be slightly disappointed at the ending. And they're going to be disappointed. And, you know, there's they're, they're going to be disappointed. I mean, it's just. Well, maybe not. I don't know. I mean, maybe people don't have much expectation. But I know a lot of people, when they bought the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight, they didn't necessarily expect that. And, and, you know, I remember my sister telling me, like, look, I never watched Mayweather fight before, but he really wasn't all that excited. Obviously, she's not a big-time boxing fan. From my standpoint, my, my standpoint, when I... When I watched, when I watched the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight, I was, I was okay. I, I thought it was a decent fight. Could it have been better? Sure. But it was a decent fight. It really was. So I was okay with what I had and what I seen and, 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 and everything. I was okay with it. It really was. So. I'll leave it at that. I'm going to head off to basketball. NBA Finals, to be exact. Over. Over. And so, you look at it, obviously, the Golden State Warriors were the class of the NBA. Obviously, 
the Golden State Warrior was a team that was put together to win. And, and every team is obviously put together to win unless you're the Philadelphia 76ers or other teams that go about and, and try to tank. But the Golden State Warriors, with the, 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 the amount of talent that they have on that roster, whether that's Kevin Durant, whether that's Steph Curry, whether that's Draymond Green, whether that's Clay Thompson, that roster was head and shoulders above any other roster in basketball. Cleveland, as good as they are, as much talent as they have, they could not stick with that team. They could, you almost have to outscore the Golden State Warriors. And that's a difficult proposition because they're almost impossible to guard. It, it's pick your poison. It's Klay Thompson who could be possibly a go-to guy on a team. You know, Steph Curry, who's a two-time MVP. Kevin Durant. Another MVP winner, one of the best players in this sport. And then Draymond Green, who does it all. Does it all. And so, I thought I thought Golden State was going to win this series in six, but I knew they were going to win this series. Coming into this year, it was my opinion, I don't think any team can beat the Golden State Warriors four times in a seven-game series. I didn't see it happen, barring injury. But with with a Kevin Durant and with a Klay Thompson and with a Steph Curry, that's a difficult proposition, and I knew that. Excuse me. I knew that. And I knew it would be very difficult for any team to beat them. And so, the reality of it, you knew obviously after 3 0 it was done. But I just wanted more basketball. And I got an extra game, got five. So I can't complain. I, I can't complain. I got five, six. Obviously, would have loved seven. But I got five. And so I'll live with that. I'm okay with that. And I'll accept that. But I wanted seven. I wanted more. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. Golden State's just too good. They're just, they're just too good. I mean, they're just flat out too good. Are they unbeatable? In 2017, they were. 2017, anywhere. Is there any team that could have beat them? In 2017, there wasn't. So, I don't, I don't know. Well, here's the thing. Is there a team in the Western Conference that could beat the, uh, the Golden State Warriors as they're presently constructed? I think San Antonio, if they were healthy, could have gave Golden State a series. I think I think that's probably about it. And and that was the thing when when Kevin Durant decided to go to Golden State, that was the thing that scared a lot of people. The thought that there wasn't a team out there that could defeat this ball club. There wasn't a team out there that had a chance to defeat this ball club. 
And the, the fears of many were realized when Golden State just ran through these playoffs, 4-0, 4-0, You know, when they just ran through these playoffs the way they ran through the playoffs, everybody's fears were realized. They were. They really were. And so it's obviously a disappointment because you obviously want to see the series go a little longer. So it's a disappointment from that standpoint. But it's not surprising who won the series. Golden State was the better team. They were the better team coming in, and obviously they proved it. They It was a quickie, as Draymond Green said. They did it in five. Easily could have done it in four. But after game three, after Cleveland gave that game away, you knew it was a wrap. And here's also the thing. Cleveland had to play a darn near perfect game to win the only game they won in this series. They had to score 49 points in the first quarter, 86 points and a half. They had to uh, hit 24 three-point shots. They had to do almost and play almost the perfect game in order for them to win their only game. It, it took perfection. It took a, per- a perfect game for them to win in this series. And so it took perfection. It, it absolutely took perfection for Cleveland to win the only game that they won. It took perfection. It, it really did. It, it just took a record-breaking a record-setting epic performance out of this ball club, the Cavaliers, in order for them to win the only game they won in the series. LeBron James did his part. He messed around and averaged a triple-double. So he did his part. Kyrie Irving averaged 29 points in this series. He did his part. Kevin Love. Mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. He didn't do his part. He did not do his part. Averaged 16 points in the series, 11 rebounds, not bad numbers, but are you satisfied with Kevin Love's performance? I walk out of here not not necessarily satisfied because I see a guy in Kevin Love who was awful in game number five, a, a closeout game. He wasn't very good in game number three as well. So he has moments, you know, where he wasn't very good. And he wasn't very good in game one. He had two decent games. Game four, which they won in game two. Other than that, Kevin Durant, excuse me, not Kevin Durant, Kevin Love, didn't really show up. Really didn't. Actually, I read that backwards. Game five, he only had six points. And in game one, he had 15. And in game three, you know, he didn't play that well either. Game three, he had nine points. So he had two games where he was under double digits, under double figures. And so, you know, he did have 21 rebounds in game one, 15 and 21, but it wasn't enough. LeBron James did his thing. I messed around and averaged a triple double. He he was fine. His performance was was everything that it needed to be and then some. 
he averaged a triple-double. So you, I don't know what, what more you could ask from LeBron James. Let me let me say this. Oh, I know I can ask from him. Close out. And when, when when you got Steph, not Steph Curry, you got Kevin Durant, a, a guy that's hit that three-point game three where he stepped into that three. And that three, those type of threes are threes that he's been hitting throughout the course of his career. He's been hitting that shot throughout his whole career. So in the future, know that, know the scouting report, get out on that shot. You got to contest that shot because Kevin Durant has unlimited range. So, so there goes that. Anyway, anyway, how do we look at Kevin Durant now? Kevin Durant is a champion. You know, he, He's tried and he's tried and he's tried again. You know, 2012, he got to the NBA Finals. He lost to LeBron in the Heat. You know, he from there, there, there was interest, problems with injuries, whether it was Westbrook who went down, whether it was Durant who went down. Then last year, obviously, you were up three games to one. You lose to the Golden State Warriors. And ultimately, you decide, hey, if I can't beat them, let me join them. And that's what he did. He joined the Golden State Warriors. And so – and joining the Golden State Warriors, he formed a quote-unquote super team. And LeBron James said he never played on the super team. LeBron James has never played on the super team. That's what he tells you. He's never played on the super team. <laughs> and, and I'm not saying LeBron James started this whole super team thing because super teams have been around since the beginning of time. Celtics-Lakers, super teams. Celtics-Lakers in the 60s, super teams. Even the 83 Sixers, kind of a super team. So super teams have been around. This ain't nothing new. We've seen super teams year in and year out. We're not surprised by any type of super team, quote, unquote, super team. But anyway, Kevin Durant. How should we look at Kevin Durant at this point? I got to be honest with you. I don't look at Kevin Durant any differently. Now, I would have looked at Kevin Durant a little differently if Kevin Durant would have gotten to the NBA Finals last year, and they should have got there. I mean, they would have if they would have gotten there, they would have been a, a beat a team in San Antonio who won sixty plus games, and then they would have obviously beat a team that won seventy three games. They should have got there, no excuse. But I look at Kevin Durant no differently than I looked at Kevin Durant last year. Now I look at Kevin Durant last year, and again. I would have given more props if they would have got to the NBA Finals and beat the Cavaliers last year with OKC. He would have got much more props from me. That's just me. My opinion necessarily doesn't matter to Kevin Durant. First and foremost, he's rich. Secondly, he's an NBA champion. And so my opinion, wherever I say, that don't matter to Kevin Durant. So it is what it is. But if he did care about my opinion, here is my opinion, Kevin. KD. I don't view you any differently. You are a champion. You've earned it. You know, you're fine. You're the finals MVP for a reason. I respect you. Much props, much respect to you. You did your thing. You balled out. You played big time basketball. You're the reason, one of the reasons that the uh, the Golden State Warriors won this series. They may not win this series without you, or they probably won't win it as easily as they did without you. They wouldn't have. But I don't know. I look at Kevin Durant today, and I know Paul Pierce is saying, hey, 
Kevin Durant's the best player in the game. Well, Kevin Durant was always has always been a top player in this league. He's always been either one or two. I mean, he's a better scorer than LeBron. He's a better pure scorer than LeBron. He's a better offensive player than LeBron. He has more in that toolbox than LeBron. But I'm not he's not better than LeBron. And if I had to choose between the two, I would still pick LeBron James. Let me be clear about that. But I look at Kevin Durant. And I look at a guy like, okay, you join Steph Curry, you join Draymond Green, you join Klay Thompson, and I'm not mad at you for that. You know, that's your decision. You're you're you choose what you feel is right for you. That is your prerogative. You can do what you want to do in my Bobby Brown voice. But I will say this, man. I don't look at you any differently. You know, you're a winner. Fine. Great. But you were supposed to win. And I would have looked at you sideways if you didn't win. I, I would look at you crazy. i give you the crazy eye if you didn't win an NBA title this year. You had the best basketball team. You joined a 73-win team. You joined a team that has two-time MVP Steph Curry. You joined a team that has a top-notch upper echelon two-way player and Klay Thompson. You beat a team that has a guy in Draymond Green who can do it all. You joined that team. That's the team you joined. You joined the team that had three All-Stars. You made it four. That's the team you joined. So you were supposed to win. If you didn't win, it would have been crazy. If you didn't win, you would deserve every form of chastising there was. That's if you didn't win. So you were expected to win, and you won it. Again, I don't look at you any differently. I respect you. You're still, like I said, big time. As a 76ers fan, I would love to death to have you on the roster. You're big time. You're ridiculous. You get it done. Ain't no way getting around that. But I will say this. I'll say it again. I'll say it again. I'll say it again. At the end of the day, you were expected to get that. You were expected to win that. And you couldn't go back to anywhere without a, a, a title. And when, when Richard Jefferson said the pressure is on the Golden State Warriors, he's so right. He's so right. The, the, the pressure is on a, was on a Kevin Durant to win an NBA title. The pressure was on Steph Curry and Draymond Green and Klay Thompson and Steve Kerr to win a title. The pressure was on those guys. The pressure was squarely on Golden State because they're the better basketball team. They were. They are. Still are. But let me repeat myself and let me be clear about it. Just so you know, I look at Kevin Durant the same. He's a winner. But I always thought he had winning qualities. He has an NBA title. He didn't have that before. Again, I don't begrudge him for, for joining the Golden State Warriors, but I so wanted him to stay in OKC. 
I so wanted him to say no OKC. I loved, I loved, I love Russell Westbrook, and I loved that OKC team with with the Baca and, and and Durant and Westbrook and even Harden for that matter. And when they made the d- trade for Harden, when they traded Harden, I said it at the time. And you can go look in the archives if you want. BlogTalkRadio.com slash begin. You can go look in the archives. I didn't like the move. I didn't like the move at all. And I know it was financial. I know it was about money. But my, th- my thing is this. My thing is this. Even though it's about money, even though it was financial, and even though you, you can't argue with uh, what OKC for choosing big over small, and, and, and when I say that, that means choosing a Baco over Harden at the time. But that team, as Isaiah Thomas pointed out, he pointed it out, and it actually was a very astute point, that OKC team what is the Golden State Warriors. James Harden. Uh, a guy who can win the MVP. We'll see what happens in the next few days. But he's an MVP candidate. He's been an MVP candidate over the past couple of years. So James Harden, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, Serge Ibaka, all those guys together on one team, that's basically the Golden State Warriors, as Isaiah Thomas pointed out. It is so true. So true. But I wanted him to win a gold in OKC. But I will say this, and I'll say it again, and I'll be clear about it, just so you know, I don't look at Kevin Durant any differently. Yes, he's a champion, but that was expected. He he had to do that. There was no excuse for him not to do it. He had no excuses. There was not. There's nothing he could have said to 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 that could have erased him not winning the title this year. He had to do it. He had to do it. And if he didn't do it, I would look at him very negatively. But today, Kevin Durant's big time. Second, third best player in this game. I said that coming into the year. And it's June now. And I say the same thing. I don't look at Kevin Durant any differently. He ain't better than LeBron yet. I don't look at him any differently. Sorry. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't look at him any differently. We're going to bring in a guy now. Love talking basketball with this guy. Lots of fun, obviously. Bring him in now. Get his thoughts on the NBA Finals and the aftermath of the NBA Finals. Let's bring him in now. Ryder University assistant basketball coach, Marlon Gill. Marlon. My bad, my bad, my bad. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. Let me ask you this. And I was just talking about it. But Kevin Durant, to me, it was expected that the Golden State Warriors would win this title. To me, the Golden State Warriors were supposed to win this title. I don't look at Kevin Durant any differently. Second, third best player in the game, big time, does have a ring, but I don't view him any differently. How about you? Everybody remember the championship and 
Hold, hold on one second. I'm having a hard time hearing you, and I want to make sure we get your points in. You got some good points here. No, like I said, uh, I don't know if there's any difference. Still the second-best player in the game behind uh, LeBron James. But the biggest thing, and you and I have spoken about this, I tweeted this out, and uh, he said he was going to go to the Vitals matter. You know, our on You know, I can guarantee you this. I know he's a lot happier today than Carl Malone, Scott Cox, Charles Barkley, Patrick Hill, and Reggie Miller. <laughs> For sure. For sure. <laughs> I, that's I, my point. I, I, I'm just trying to take the fact. No know. doubt. No doubt. But I, And I remember Reggie Miller making this point last year when it came to Kevin Durant and him going from OKC to Golden State. When you have – when you're in that market like in, in Indiana, like in Oklahoma, Oklahoma City, excuse me, you can be a legend there. Like Reggie Miller, he's a Pacer legend. Even though he didn't win a title, he's a Pacer legend. He could have a statue at some point. Kevin Durant, if he would have stayed in OKC – he could have had a statue at some point. For, for me personally, I, I would have liked to be immortalized without winning a title than to win a title the way Kevin Durant won. And don't get me wrong, a title's a title. A championship's a championship. But I would rather be immortalized. Your thoughts? It's not the 80s, it's not the 90s. It's the generation. You look at things different. And I'm going to toast this. Stephon Marbury has a statue in China. He doesn't have one in Coney Island. He's even more alive than both places. So, you mean to tell me that Kevin Durant can't go back to OKC at some point? Without Kevin Durant, there is no OKC. So, That's true. I, 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 don't, I don't really see a difference in this. Uh, or I should say, it's a different era. So, you know, the way we did things when we were coming up, guys today aren't doing that. So we just need to adapt to the times. It's not patient. You know, he did what he felt was best for him. It's no different than what you and I would do if we thought a better situation was somewhere else. But right. I think that, that's what he did. Uh, and I can't be upset with him. But I respect it. And I think it kind of shows how great LeBron is. It, it took four guys to take him there. And even with that being said, he still averages a triple double. Uh, but just to go back to your point on Kevin Durant, it is what it is. We just better get used to it because it's going to happen for all of us. And, and, that's the th- and that's the reality of it at this point. I think we're going to have to get used to it. And I think Golden State. I mean, there's probably maybe two to three more titles left if they can keep this whole thing together. What are your thoughts on that? I said they can win the next five times. None of those guys are 30 years old. That's scary. That is scary. That is, that is, that is very scary. And, and uh, to me, it would take almost at this point if, if the way everything is presently constructed, and obviously a lot of things can change, a lot of things can be different. But the way it's presently constructed, you're right. There is not a team out here 
that is put together to beat this Golden State team. They're going to need injuries. They're going to need those type of suspensions. They're going to need those type of things if they want to beat this team. And that's just the reality of the situation. And so, go ahead. No, I was going to say, you know what? We talk about small markets. Guys leave for, for bigger markets. Kevin Durant didn't leave for a bigger market. Those days was a small market. Prior to Steph Curry get there, you know, that you, you have the memes and the, and the pictures out on Instagram and uh, Twitter and, and, you know, that show guys on the board that you couldn't even name. So let's not act like those days a big market. Not a big market. the run TMC days. And then you had, you know, a little moment where you had the Baron Davises and the Captain Jacks and, and, and those guys who, you know, you upset the, nobody, the Dallas Mavericks nobody, there. Nobody remembers those guys. <laughs> they remember Baron Davis for what he does on the NBA on TMC. And Stephen Jackson is more known for the brawl at the time. And, and roughing up Steve Prince in Texas to <laughs> We're talking a Ryder University assistant basketball coach, uh, Marlon Gill. So let's look around. Let's look at the Cavaliers now. Obviously, this is a team that it took a perfect game for them to win a game in this series. It took them making 24 threes, scoring 86 points in a hand. It took that in order for them to beat the Golden State Warriors. For me personally, I think if you want to beat this Golden State Warrior team, I think you got to part ways with Kevin Love. And I think in the process of parting ways with Kevin Love, I don't think you can get a Paul George. I don't think you'll have enough to get him. But I do think you could try to find a way to get Carmelo Anthony. What should the Cavaliers do in your mind? Well, before we go into all that, I just want to say that Bill Jackson is real because he got killed for trading J.R. Smith, trading Iman Shumpert. Iman Shumpert shot a jumper and hit the side of the back. You know how hard that is to do being an NBA player? Oh, he hit the side of the back. <laughs> he really did She wouldn't hit the side of the back. But that's either him or there. Uh, I don't know what Carmelo's the answer, but I, I do agree with you. Probably you have to uh, trade Kevin Love and a couple other guys. I, I look at that last game, game uh, five. Kevin Love wanted no part of the game whatsoever. Um, you know, the game just was big for physicality, you know, things of that nature. It's just too big for him. So, you know, and if um, Dan Gilbert, which I'm not, you know, I, I probably put together a, a good package deal with Kevin Love. I probably try to trade somebody if I could, which I don't think I could. Uh, I, I even throw a guy like Tate Melvin 
They have enough to get Paul George, and I think that's an issue. That's the issue. They don't have enough to get him. Indiana Pacers, excuse me. Would you take a Kevin Love and a Tristan Thompson for a Paul George? No, I, I wouldn't, but I can take those guys that you drafted. And the reason why I say that, Miles Turner, I think, in a few years, is better than both of them. I, I really do believe that the ability of, of a Miles Turner, you know, that they've got a young group. And, and, you know, let's just be honest. Pacers window ended when Lance Stevenson left the first time. You know, and now that he's back, it's not the same plan. So you might as well just break it up and you start over. You know, I think you build around right. a Miles Turner. I, I like the, uh, the kid young that, that they have. Uh, you know, Jeff is still a, a young guy, you know, age wise, you know, experience wise, he's got some pilots, but. He's still a young guy. Uh, you know, that is young, a young guy. I, I build around those guys. And it's not like the East is strong. You know, I, I think they can keep this thing back with the right move to be a number two. You know, I, I think Toronto's door is uh, closing up a, a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I need to say this. I, I would probably say at this point, Miami for a Toronto team, you know, uh, and I'm going off on the tangent a little bit, but you probably got to watch out for Miami uh, right. coming up in the next couple of years as well. And it, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what Cleveland does because obviously they don't have enough to beat the Golden State Warriors, and there's not many teams that have enough, if any, to beat the Golden State Warriors. I guess you could say San Antonio. With a healthy ball club, they can challenge Golden State, but they weren't going to beat them. Um, it just everybody can say what they want about Kawhi Leonard. That would have been a fortune. So let me ask you this, then. Carmelo Anthony, to me, where he goes could shift the balance of power. On some level, if he goes to Cleveland, I think from Cleveland's standpoint, I look at Cleveland, I see two guys who can get their own shot. That's Kyrie, that's LeBron James. Really, those are the only two guys that can really get their own shot like that. I mean, Kevin Durant can do some things. I mean, not Kevin Durant. Kevin Love can do some things in the post, but he's not great in the post. 
So I feel like the two guys that can create their own shot is Kyrie Irving, is LeBron James. So they need another guy who can do it off the bounce, another guy who can score the basketball. And to me, that's Melo. But if I'm the Clippers, I'm looking at Melo. If I'm the Celtics, I'm looking at Melo. If I'm a team and I feel like I'm fairly close, I'm looking at Melo because, again, I've said this over and over, the guy performed well when he had talent around him, whether that's whether that's Denver, you know, when Chauncey Billups was there, and you know, it had a decent club there, and they got to the Western Conference Finals, whether that's Olympic play, where he scored a whole scored a whole bunch of points. The guy can play well and be an asset on a good basketball team. Your thoughts on Melo? Do, do you believe he changes the balance of power in the NBA wherever? He That's a good question. That's a good question when it comes to the to New York Knicks. Excuse me. I mean, that's just – Phil Jackson obviously has not done his job, and, and that's just the no. reality of the situation. He has Phil's not done go. his job. He's got to go. Phil, come back and sit next to me, baby. Come on, man. <laughs> 
We're talking to Ryder, University Assistant Basketball Coach Marlon Gill. Let's get out on this now. LeBron James said after the game on Monday night that he never played on a super team. Um, <laughs> I found it hilarious because D. Wade and Chris Bosh, back in the, when, when he joined those guys, that's a super team. Might make an argument that the team that he had last year was super team-like. Has LeBron played on a super team? Sounds crazy. I'm going to say no. Do we consider Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen, or a super team? Um, I'm at, I'm at. No. I don't, I don't think there's any difference. I, I, didn't, I didn't look at Chris Bosh as See, I look at Chris Bosh a little differently. Because I thought Chris Bosh, well, Chris Bosh was 20 and 10 before he came to uh Miami with, with Toronto. I, I thought he I thought I thought they were a super team. How, but I see your point. Let's take a look. Well, like, I I would assume I would assume round five. That that would be my guess. I would say that's about. That's about right. I'm not looking at Chris Bosh. You know, we talk about his Toronto days, but I, you know, and, and I don't mean that sound negative. But on the bad team, I had. Let me let. Let me say this, not to interrupt. Eleven-time All-Star, Chris Bosh. I didn't know. I think it was that many, but eleven times. I didn't think he had that many, but he's an eleven-time All-Star. Wow! LeBron was in his prime. I, I, All three of those guys were in their prime. Obviously, he was young, kind of in his prime. And then, you know, obviously Gary Payton, Jason Williams, and a few other UD, Morning, and those guys. I don't know. I would take I would take that big three in Miami over over that one. And, and that was the year they beat 
San Antonio. I believe it was 2013. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I thought they were a super team. Now, you can argue the Cavs last year, maybe that's not a super team. And I think that's fair. But a prime Bosch, a prime Wade, and a prime LeBron, I, I think that's super team-like. Okay, let me ask you this. Obviously, those Celtics teams of the 80s and the Lakers teams of the 80s, those are super teams. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I would say the 83 Sixers were a super team. <laughs> oh, you're, you're talking a, pr- a prime Moses Malone, Dr. J, you know, um, Andrew Tony, Mo Cheeks, Bobby Jones. I thought they were kind of a super team. Actually, I think that 83 Sixer team could argue they were one of the greatest teams of all time. Andrew Tony was a, before the the foot injury. Andrew Tony was a beast, and, and Mo Cheeks, I got, I, I got big time point guard. That'll be my project. I gotta look up Andrew Tony. Take a look. Take a look. An assassin, Boston Strangler, as he was known as. I mean, he was he was big time, big time. So, Marlon, obviously. Absolute pleasure. Obviously, we got to get you on after this NBA draft to get your thoughts, but that's not until next week. So we look forward to that. Well, let's do it, man. We'll do it again, man. As always, thank you. Take care. Ryder University assistant basketball coach Marlon Guild. Pleasure talking to him. You can listen to this show and other great shows. BlogTalkRadio.com slash PKN, where you can listen to this show and other great shows. Follow us on Twitter at go for Hit us at the website, go for Support all the great things going on with this show. For everybody here, go for it. We hope you have a great weekend. See you later. Take care.